Our stories are what make us unique, but they're also what connect us as human beings. It's time to stop talking and start listening. This is You Talk, I'll Listen with Shannon Chapman. On this week's show, I'm chatting with Neha, who is a mompreneur, as she calls herself. She grew up in India, but she has lived in eight countries and speaks seven different languages. She launched her own learning gamification business called Koji's, manages global education for an international nonprofit, and has worked in some of the busiest cities in the world like Mumbai, New York, Bangkok, and Amsterdam. She loves what she does, but there was a time in her life where she was not so happy and confident. As many women do, including myself, she had a very tough postpartum period, which could have been depression, but it went undiagnosed. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Neha, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Shannon. And thank you for such a wonderful uh, introduction. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So Neha, what was life before kids like for you? I, I had a wonderful childhood and uh, I'll si- sound like a, a, my nine-year-old when I say this, but I think I had the best parents in the world. So we were brought up with a lot of independence. We were uh, given freedom to make our own decisions. Uh, we traveled a lot and we got a lot of affection, physical love. So I think I, I had a fantastic childhood. Uh, I got married when I was 23 and then I started traveling with my husband. And um, I clearly remember we were in uh, Mexico City and we were in um, Chapultepec Park, which is one of the biggest parks there. And um, I saw a little kid uh, roaming around with a backpack. And his backpack was, when I looked closely, I realized it was attached to something like a harness. And the other end was with his mom. And uh, I remember very clearly looking at that and thinking, sheesh, I'm I'm never going to do that. That's that's so inhumane. Why would you want to do that to your kid? Now, you know, there's a second part to the story, right? Fast forward, 2014, I'm in Bangkok and um, my my kid was uh, two years old back then. And I was about to cross um, a very busy street in Bangkok and somebody uh, called to me from behind. So I turned around completely forgetting that my child was standing right there next to me. And she stepped on the street, on the horribly busy Bangkok street. And the next thing I remember, uh, I heard a very loud screech. I look around and she had she was already two steps in, on the street. And there was this guy who was throwing his choicest words at me for letting go of my daughter. But I, I almost I almost died. And, and that was the day when I swore that I'm never, never letting my daughter go. I'm just going to tie her to myself in a carrier till she turned 18. Obviously, that, <laughs> that, that wouldn't happen. She's nine and she's already incredibly independent. But then I, that, that was the day I realized that I, I, I shouldn't judge another parent. I'm sure that ma- mom had her, her reasons for using that harness with her kid in a really busy park in Mexico City. So that day I realized I shouldn't be judging another parent. They're, they're doing the best they can with whatever resources they have. And um, when I learned that grace, I think that's when I really became a parent from a kid. So that's my childhood and my becoming a parent story. (laughs) What made you want to be a mom? 
I don't know actually. I never really seriously thought about being a mom. Um, I mean, growing up, I always knew I wanted to become a mom, but uh, we didn't really plan to have a kid. Now, my my dad is uh, exactly thirty years older than I am. So I remember when I was twenty nine, I thought it would be it would be fun to have a baby uh, when I turned thirty two. So we tried and it worked out, and that, that's how I became a mom. Every woman has a different birthing experience story. I mean, I even have a different experience from kid one to kid two. Mm-hmm. What was your story? So uh, my birthing story was actually quite quite wonderful. I remember when I was pregnant, I got to hear a lot of stories from uh, my cousins, my friends who'd had the challenging uh, deliveries. But I, I lucked out there. I, I was um, in labor for almost 16 hours. But then I uh, spent most of it at home. I had a super supportive doctor and a midwife. And my husband was there along my side all the time. So uh, I had this unmedicated water birth in Brazil when my daughter was born. And uh, I was very brave throughout the delivery. My husband thinks otherwise, but I think I was very brave. I wasn't crying. I wasn't throwing any tantrums. It it went uh, well from what I remember. But then I clearly remember after, after my daughter was born, my, my doctor came back and she said, Neha, I need to draw some blood for some routine test. And that's when I started crying. She found it she found it <laughs> super funny because I'd, I'd just endured 16 hours of labor. But then that's how I am. But uh, my, my birth, uh, the birthing story was actually quite, quite good. I only have good memories. That's awesome. I think it's cool that you've been to all these different places and your daughter can say she was born in Brazil. Mm-hmm. She says that to people when they ask her where she's from. She says, oh, I'm from Brazil, but my parents are Indians. So people are, people are not sure <laughs> what our family looks like. What were you experiencing after her birth that led you to believe that you were suffering from postpartum depression? Uh, thanks for asking that, Shannon, because uh, when, like I said, when, when women are pregnant, everybody talks to them about their birthing stories, but nobody really talks about the the fourth trimester, like it's called, right? The tough postpartum period. And I remember constantly feeling low, crying for absolutely no reasons, feeling like an inadequate mother who was not doing her best or that my daughter deserved somebody better. I remember feeling like I should run away or even that occasional thought of wanting to throw myself off the balcony. It was, it was very tough. And uh, I, I remember even uh, my, my husband asked me, he was like, why don't you go out? And I realized that I had not stepped out on my own for more than a month. And I I just wanted to stay holed up in my apartment with my daughter in my pajamas all the time. And that was, that was very unlike me. I'm, I'm one of those people who's always the first person to explore new places, make friends with complete strangers and learn the local language, try the local food. And here I was constantly in my pajamas, not wanting to go out, not wanting to do anything. And that, that's when I realized that things were not right for me. You were never officially diagnosed with postpartum depression. How did you get through that? And what got you feeling back to being yourself again? Oh, that's, that's, that's an excellent question, but I wish I had a, a great answer to that. I, I, I wish I had a trick up my sleeve and I could tell women to do this, 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 and, and you'll overcome your situation but that's not how it is I think the intensity of my emotions slowly just faded with time 
I actually also started volunteering at a at a local mother and baby nonprofit around that same time. But I don't know if there's a cause and effect relationship between the two. I think it just took a solid eight nine months for me to start feeling like myself again. But I now looking back, I I feel like I should have taken some help. I should have gone for professional help to a therapist or somebody who could have helped me sooner. Could have helped me get over those feelings and more functional again. So I remember experiencing just similar feelings of like just sad all the time and, you know, would just cry about mm-hmm. anything. And I didn't actually realize that something was wrong. I think my sister-in-law pointed out to me, you just don't seem like your usual self. Mm-hmm. And so that made me kind of think about what was going on. And I actually did go to the doctor and medicine helped me. Okay. And I'm glad you got some help. Uh, you have so- you had somebody in your life who told you to get that help that you needed. Was it a constant like everyday battle? I don't uh, remember feeling dysfunctional that I wasn't able to do everyday things. I, I was able to take care of my daughter keep the house running but i i remember feeling they they call it baby blues right i think it's it's a much darker shade of blue that exists at that time and uh yeah but i do remember feeling very sad and not wanting to show up anywhere go out buy anything nice for myself do anything that to treat myself good food good clothes nothing i just constantly googling things on how to become a better mother how to give more to my kid when i was feeling in, inadequate that's interesting that a lot of moms do feel inadequate when they first have a baby. You have a book called Back on Your Feet. Was this inspired by your experience? Uh, yes, I, I, I'll have to say yes to that. It is partially uh, inspired by my experience as a new mother, but also experiences of uh, at least 50 odd women that I talked to after uh, my experiences. Um, so uh, when when I actually had my baby, I I didn't take a, take up a job. You, I used to have that misplaced sense of uh, morality where I thought, oh my god, I'm pregnant, I can't accept a job. Oh my god, I just had a baby. How will I give my hundred percent to a company? I shouldn't. This was the time before Lean In or before uh, who's that lady who became uh, Yahoo.com CEO when she while she was pregnant. And it was before that. So I, I've forgiven myself for that mistake, but I did make it at that time and I, I did not take up a job. And uh, I just completed my MBA. So I had all these uh, academic achievements floating in my head. I was an outstanding student in my MBA class. And um, while I was at home changing diapers and pumping and feeding around the clock, and uh, and like I said, I was Googling constantly on how to do everything better, how to change the diaper in a better way or what to feed my baby or how to give her better activities so her brain is stimulated and whatnot. And I, I just somehow thought I had to be this expert mom when there's, there's no way it can happen, right? Uh, women usually go from a stage where they're, uh, they're independent, they're really good at their job, they're competent to a place where they're absolutely incompetent. It's the, if it's their first child, they have no idea what to expect and how to take care of a complete uh, a life that completely depends on you. So going from that compete, competent stage to an incompetent stage where you're completely clueless, 
and 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 add to that all the mental and physical and hormonal changes that are going on and the exhaustion of not getting full night sleep it's it's very easy to understand why it becomes so challenging for so many women and at first i thought that i was it was weird because i had everything i had a good family i had a great baby and it was weird that i was feeling so sad but then when i i told you i joined this uh, mother and uh, baby related uh, nonprofit around the same time so i started meeting other mothers and i when we talked we started opening up about our challenges and i i realized that it's, it's so much more common than i thought i wasn't i wasn't an exception it, these feelings were very much present not everybody talks about them but they were present in fact uh, uh, who uh, the world health organization it says that 13% of new mothers they experience some sort of a mental disorder and quite often it is a postpartum depression so it's really really common and uh, so th- that was about the uh, the postpartum depression part that i realized after talking to new mothers when my baby was growing up and i, I after about 5 years of uh, break from my career uh, when i decided to restart uh my professional career i started uh, networking i started trying different things and again when i started talking openly about cha- uh, those challenges uh with my cousins with my friends i realized that it's again a common experience not everybody talks about so th- these two learnings about postpartum depression and coming back to work after a long break it they, it got me thinking and i also started uh, volunteering at uh, at a couple of support groups one for postpartum um, support and the other one was around uh, career support for wo- women who wanted to go back to active workforce and um, that's when i realized that this this problem was much bigger and and the different problems that people face and the challenges and how they overcome them so that's i i don't think even uh, the book was even in my mind at that point of time but i did see these two problems from a whole 360 degree not just my own story i got to hear a lot many other stories and how people are coping up with their challenges uh, one thing i forgot to mention was uh, this this sense of losing your own identity when you're having kids your own financial freedom and the freedom to make your own decisions i realized that 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 was a challenge i was facing too when i talked to other mothers and they helped me realize the challenges that i had not just what i was supporting them with so these support groups were also very helpful for me to understand my own perspective to understand what i was going through i'll fast forward my story again to 2020 uh when the book actually started getting written due to some personal uh, reasons i had to take a couple of months uh break from uh from work active work and it was the time of pandemic so there was absolutely nothing to do i was sitting at home and i just started writing i wasn't sure what that was going to be i just started writing it could have been an article for all i know but then as i started writing more the, the thoughts kept flowing and i soon realized that it was going to be a book so the next two months i spent almost all my time writing this book i reached out to women career attorneys i started interviewing them i started doing my research and i I get obsessed with things when I start them. So I was I remember I was writing non-stop for 2 months or at least 5 hours every day and within those 2 months the first draft of my book was ready. That that book was a great one. Uh, that draft wasn't a great one. It has gone through several rounds of uh, self-edits and professional editings as well. But just getting that book out of my mind out of my heart was was a big achievement in those 2 months. and now now we are at a place where we are publishing it but that's how the book started that is awesome 
I think a lot of ideas and startups happened during the pandemic. So despite mm-hmm. all of the... Including your podcast, yes. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can say that's probably one of the only positives of that time is that it allowed people to really reflect and have ideas. Mm-hmm. What's the best piece of advice for women who may be struggling with postpartum depression or insecurity about jumping into the workforce after taking a break to raise their children? I think I have advice for both. I, I don't call myself an expert, but I, I, of course, I can have some words of support or uh, things that people can keep in mind. And um, for women who are struggling with uh, postpartum depression, I think my message will be quite simple get professional help like you did. Maybe it's postpartum depression. Maybe it's not. But don't be the one to decide. Go to a therapist. Let them do their tests, talk to you, understand what's going on and help you. Because no matter how many people you have in life who love you, who who are there around you, most of our families and friends are not equipped to support you adequately in this in this period. And they may mean well, but they've they wouldn't know what the best response should be or what you need during that time. So yeah, get professional help is my one piece of advice for women who are having a challenging postpartum period. And uh, for women who might have insecurities about jumping back into the workforce, one thing that I myself experience quite often, and I've heard from so many women who have restarted their career journey, is to start networking. I, I know it's easier said than done. But I don't see you have to meet people in person. You can network online without ever having to meet them in person, go out for a coffee. Technology is amazing. So reconnect, start with your old friends, your old colleagues, your neighbors even. Uh, But start connecting with people. Talk about things outside uh, the household or, or your baby or your own life for that matter. And this, uh, this network, it'll do three things for you. It'll, one, uh, when you talk to them, it'll remind you of about how awesome you were at your job when, when you were working professionally, what you were good at, what you weren't so good at, and all the great memories that are uh, related to the working time. The second thing it'll do is it'll, uh, if your colleagues or your, um, uh, your bosses, they used to like you as a, as a team member, or even as a friend in the past, they'll keep an eye out for you on your behalf. And in most of the jobs and companies, they're, they're filled out even before making it to the job board, right? Because somebody knows somebody and somebody's friend is a competent worker, they get referred inside. So having these connections is very important. And the third thing, so the first thing was uh, remind you how awesome you were. The second is it'll remind them how awesome you were. And the third thing is... Um, it's how awesome the world is because things keep developing. There might be new professions, new lines of work that might have cropped up while you were away. And you learn about them. You learn what other people are doing. Like a user experience designer wasn't even a thing when, when I was growing up. Like 3D printing was just a thing of fantasy, right? You thought, oh, you could make, make a, a whole 3D item out of nothing. But now it's a real thing. People can just do a free course on Coursera and open their own studios to create 3D objects or prototypes. So there's, there's so much happening. So yeah, network, go back to the people you used to know, make new connections and, and your network will help you understand what you sh- can do and help you make those connections, make those connections going forward so you can get that new job or start that business or become an entrepreneur or even join a nonprofit if that's, that's your calling. For you to restart, start connecting with people. 
I think that's great advice. Yeah, I think it's through talking to people that we understand that we're not alone in the way that we feel and the things that we are going through. So true. Well, Neha, thank you for joining me today. As moms, we have a lot going on, and I don't think that everybody realizes all that it takes to be a working mom. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Yes, I agree. (laughs) I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, and, and thanks for those insightful questions and sharing your experiences with me even before the podcast recording. It was great chatting with you earlier and right now. Stay tuned for the mic drop moment. Enjoy what you heard today? Help us get the word out. Give You Talk a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. You might find your review reposted on our social media. Thanks for listening. The mic drops next. Unlike a lot of my guests, Neha had a great childhood with lots of love, affection, independence, and freedom to make her own choices. She mentioned that we should not judge other parents for a lot of the choices they make because they're doing the best they can with the resources that they have. Neha's childhood properly prepared her to be a great mother. She had the tools she needed. But some moms and dads don't have all the tools in their toolbox. Maybe they grew up in an abusive home or their parents never showed them affection or told them they were loved. Maybe their parents were addicts or struggling with another mental illness. These parents are doing what they know to do with the limited resources they received in their childhood. Should we judge them for doing the best they can? Just like her childhood, Neha's birth experience seemed perfect. But there was a dark period that she experienced after having her child that was not so pretty. She was sad all the time and never wanted to go out or do anything outside the house. She was constantly trying to figure out how to be a better mom when in fact she was a great mom. She even contemplated throwing herself out the window. Because of this experience, she advises new moms experiencing the same things to get professional help. After eight to nine months, Neha was able to come out of her funk. But some moms never seek help, and as a result, may try to harm themselves or the baby. Neha's story shows the power of human connection. It was talking to other moms that helped her to see that what she was experiencing was common. It was networking and interacting with other people that helped her overcome the self-doubt she was experiencing about going back to work and helped her to transition back into the workforce. And it's people like her sharing their stories with others that will help someone else to heal. Two more episodes left in the season. Next episode, we'll hear from Amy, 
who has been on a 20-year journey with her mental health due to an abusive mother, the traumatic birth of her younger sister, and other struggles in her life. Thanks to all of my loyal listeners all over the world. Grace and blessings. Blessings.